Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner, and today's guest is somebody who is extremely inspiring. She is a female CEO. She is an athlete. She's been to the CrossFit Games, and no doubt that the discipline that she has learned throughout her fitness career uh, has transpired into the disciplines that she now has to create a super successful business. Um, Margot Alvarez is my guest today. She's an accomplished CrossFit athlete with nearly a decade of experience competing in the CrossFit Games. But along with being a popular fitness influencer, she is also an entrepreneur and a CEO and uh, a passionate winemaker. She found Goat Wine based out of her hometown in Las Vegas. You can follow her um, on Instagram at 321GAUX. That's 321GAUX. To learn more about her, uh, you can support her business at thegoatwine.com. Margo, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Where were you last week? Are you out of town? I saw you. Were you yeah. like, where were you? What was going I on? Was everywhere. I was in all the states. Last week I was in Colorado. Before that, I was in uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, South Dakota, and uh, Wyoming. So covered a lot of distance in like three weeks. That is insane. Did you just, uh, did you drive to all these places? Yeah. Drove did a little like mini wine tour. So started okay. um, in Vegas and then Colorado, then up to Wyoming and across. So it was good mm. along like three weeks on the road, but it was, it was worth it. It was awesome. How was Wyoming? I've always wanted to go to Wyoming. It was beautiful. We were in um, Cheyenne and it was just gorgeous. We were there right before the frontier days. So we missed that, but it's beautiful. It's kind of a quaint little small town. Reminds me a little bit of the town that I grew up in Stevensville mm-hmm. um, in Montana. So it was, uh, it was awesome. Definitely go check it out. So I like, whenever I picture even like Montana and Wyoming, I just have a uh, did you ever watch like John Wayne and like the old Westerns? Oh yeah. Way back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, I just have like this like vision in my head of just like these wild horses running through like the valleys and like these cowboys, like on horseback. Like, I don't know. Yes. That's pretty cool. I, I, I have yet, I've been able to travel like all over and I have yet to go to um, Montana and Wyoming, they are on my list and I don't even have any re- like real reason to go there except for yeah. just like, I would just like love to like go and I don't know, sightsee and check everything out. So that's, that's really cool. That's cool. So, um, did you follow the CrossFit games at all? Uh, a little bit. We were actually up in Madison the two days as people kind of were flying in Thursday, Friday, um, and then ended up leaving Saturday. I had wine barrels in storage out there. So I needed to bring them back here to Vegas so I went and picked those up, did a couple of yoga wine nights and headed out. So I got to run into some old kind of friends that I used to work with on some of our staff very briefly, um, watched a little bit of it and it was cool to kind of follow up. It definitely brings back lots of memories when you watch it. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, because you're still like, obviously, and those who like follow you on social media, like you're incredibly fit and, you know, I'm sure your style of training, like hasn't really changed, like just the functional fitness of it all. Um, did it make you want to like get back out there and compete? Like, it was like, oh man. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I don't think I miss it. I enjoy watching it. it definitely re- like reminisces of all the memories and how I felt like the nerves and the excitement and the exhilaration feeling of when you finish the workout yeah. and the events. 
Um, I definitely enjoy looking back at it, but I think I'm definitely have pivoted a lot more with what I'm doing with the business now. Yeah. So I enjoy watching, but I'm like, all right, I enjoyed those times, that chapter of my life, but looking forward to things in the future. Wow, that's cool. So you, you said you're based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, huh? Yeah. How, and were you, you weren't born and raised in Las Vegas. Where are you from? No. So I was born in La Jolla, California, lived there for about five years and then moved up to the Washington state area for about three years and then moved to Montana when I was eight. So I pretty much consider myself a Montana girl being raised up there. Um, we lived in like a super small town, dirt road away from the city. So I, uh, I definitely loved it. It was a great experience growing up there. I love that. Well, I really want to, um, kind of talk about like, how did you get into the whole wine thing? Like, how did you, <laughs> Um, because so I have a coffee whiskey bar and I would love for one day, like I, I want to learn how to like roast my own beans first, but I would love to have my own line of whiskey someday. I mean, yeah. I just feel like that would be so badass. I mean, kind of no, like the, awesome. Yeah. So I want to just, I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on, on how you started and did you come from a wine family and like tell, give me, <laughs> give me some of the details here. Yeah. So I uh, didn't necessarily grow up in it. My parents loved a lot, of, a lot of wine. They actually named me after Chateau Margaux region in France. They were huge about it. Both my parents loved it. And so they would teach us a little bit kind of how to swirl a glass, you know, how to taste it. Don't dip bread in, in the wine glass when you're at a restaurant. We would do that at home. So it was a cool experience, but didn't really have tons of experience um, growing up. And about 2011, so about 10 years ago, did home production wine on a piece of property that was going to be done for real estate and ended up not working out right after the crash. So we ended up planting some vines. And so I love the physical aspect of it, like the labor that you have to put in, planting the grapes, harvesting, doing the physical labor. And that was great. And I did that for the first few years. And I thought after the 2015 games, I'm like, if I want to build a business or if I want to share my passion for both fitness and wine, how can I blend these two together to share with other people? And so I started looking into the logistics, the legalities, licensing, started submitting paperwork for that. I was actually able to do that after the 2016 games. Um, and licensing the farm that I started that we had in our family was just a small piece of property in Utah, but licensing in Utah is very difficult. So I ended up doing licensing in California and doing a custom question agreement the first few years. And that was great. It allowed us to learn a little bit more about the business because it's a very saturated industry. There's so many other wine companies and wine brands. And I imagine it's similar with like coffee and whiskey and all those other products out there. So it was about how can we continue to build the business and blend those two together, but also find the best way to do about it. And the custom crush was good. So we started with those grapes and sourcing a small batch from past. So I, I've seen, I've seen videos, not of you, but like, I know that you, you can uh, go to these vineyards and you can like make your own wine, but you actually, cause it, I don't, I don't know anything about the process of making wine, except that it comes from grapes and it's on a vine and it has to <laughs> age. But do you really stomp on the grapes? Like that's really a thing no. or is there machines? Oh no. Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> I think that's part of the experience that people get, which is good. Cause I think it again, it gets them enticed into it. But yeah, cause people are like, Ooh, do I want you stomping on my grapes with your feet? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that was the answer, but I just had to ask. Yeah. So, I mean, is that, but is that, how does the process work? So you pick them from yeah. So if you're doing like hand picks, you pick them from the grapes, load them into the barrels. Then from there, you'll put all the barrels or all the grapes into a distemmer, which essentially separates the grape, the juice, the seed, all from the stem. Majority of the stems are removed. There might be a little bit small clusters in there that could be like stayed with the grape. Um, but you descend them and from there, you'll leave them in barrels or vats. 
stainless steel or actually wood barrels. And then from there, you can let them ferment. Uh, you'll punch them down. The must, which essentially is the seed and the skin, that will all rise to the top. And then from oh. there, punching them down will kind of help the fermentation process. Um, for those grapes that are a little bit lighter or even a rosé, you don't let the skin sit in there very long. You take them off. But if you want more color, if you want more of the tannins, you leave this, the must in there a little longer. Then from there, um, the fermentation process will vary from depending on the varietal. Um, then from there, you'll press the wine and then you'll take all that must and see and skin out. And then you essentially have the wine and then you can let it age in barrels, stainless steel containers, and then eventually let it sit more and then bottle. And then you has, could drink has, it right has away. Any, has anybody ever told you that you sound like you are an expert at this? <laughs> Definitely not an expert. I'm very, very small yeah, you compared are. to some people. <laughs> so, well, how did you come up with the name? Like, so, and I actually, before I, so Margo and I met and I, I did the intro and, and I, you know, told our listeners that we actually, I think it was for the first time we met at Summer Smash. Yeah. That was, which feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it was like last month, two months ago. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, oh yeah. A month, month and a half ago. Um, and what was crazy is that, so, you know, I've, I, I've had your wine before and it's really, really good. Um, and yeah. I, it took me, it took me a second to like put two and two together because I knew like you looked super familiar and I, I knew that I knew you, but I like, I wasn't sure how, you know, like the social, the social media yeah. is like so weird. And you're like, I know that person. Like, I don't know how I've seen them on social media, but, um, yeah. the wine, the, your wine is really good. I've only had, um, so and one of the reasons why I really love your wine, not only for the taste, but like you have a badass logo, like the logo is, is of a goat. And, yeah. um, how many, how many different bottles of wine do you have? So we have three different varietals. The goat for sure is the most popular. Then we have Cheerston and then Levin Neuron. Um, okay. There's a little bit more of a lighter wine, but goat for sure is a popular, most uh-huh. popular one out there. Uh, what is, what is uh, the goat stand for? So goat stands for greatest of all time. Um, and obviously uh-huh. having a picture of a goat on there is kind of a play on words, but also kind of bring the full circle. A lot of people think of sports, which it is kind of revel- revelant in the sport industry in terms of goat and the term what you hear, but it's also, I wanted to very be very diverse where it also means like the goat in your family. So maybe it was a business mentor or a family member that helped raise you a grandma um, that helped get you out of a spot that maybe you, you weren't there, or maybe someone that helped support you when maybe you needed it the most. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love that. Um, so where do people get the wine at? Um, so online? Go, yeah, on the website, thegoatwine.com. And then we actually have distribution in Nevada, Colorado, Montana, California, and working to get into some other states hopefully soon. Um, we'll be yeah. bringing in a new label later this year as well. That's really cool. That's exciting. Is it all red wine or white wine too? Yeah, all red blends. I'd love okay. to do a white in the future. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like start getting started, you know, being a, a, an entrepreneur, a business, a business, a human, a businesswoman. um, what were some of like the, what were some of like the things that you felt like some of the challenges that you went through in the beginning, uh, getting your brand up and going and, and making the transition because you and I are very similar. Like I very much live in the fitness industry, but I also have a restaurant. I have a couple other like business endeavors that, you know, I'm fully into and I'm fully committed to. Um, in the beginning, like whenever you started making the trans- transition over from like fitness to, to being like this female badass entrepreneur, um, what, like, what were, what were some of the challenges that you faced like early on? Uh, one of the biggest would be capital, being able to find the resources and mm-hmm. things that you need to get the business going. Um, people make the joke in the wine industry. Like if you want to make a million dollars, you need to start with $5 million or 2 million, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're looking to start. Um, but I found that capital has been one, but also visibility, visibility is especially in the industry. And I imagine in a lot of other industries, how can people see your product or see your brand or see you and have that kind of stand out from any other products out there. So there's 
tons and thousands of other brands. How do I get my wine to stand out, especially if it's on the shelf with all these other wines that maybe have more capital or more resources or more visibility than I do? How do I get them to see mine mine, mm-hmm. and take mine off the shelf? And so for me, it's been about establishing business relationships with those shops and those restaurants that bring my wine in, traveling to do in-person events, getting people to try the wine. Because, and I imagine it's similar to other products out there. It's like, why would you buy a product you've never tried, right? Mm-hmm. Especially a bottle of wine or a bottle of whiskey. Like I've never had it. Why do I want to buy this one versus one I've already had? Yeah. I mean, I think those words and and what you said, it's the same across the board. And I tell a lot of like young, aspiring, like fitness models or people who are wanting to get in the fitness arena. I mean, that arena too is so saturated. And I I tell these people, like, you have to figure out what is, what is it that makes you different? Like it's Mm -hmm. easy to to look at other people who are, you know, doing something that you like, like, Oh, I want to be like that person or like, you know, this is who I aspire to be. It's like, if, if you have to find, like you have, you have to find out what makes you different. Like why you and like what is your at the end of the day like what is your what is your mantra and like why and like getting eye like you said like getting eyes and like the visibility on your brand and making those connections but it, it's so important that I mean and we live in such a an, a great country where like we have the freedom to do and to become whoever we want and whatever we want but it's important that you have to find out like who do you want to be? You have to be original because if there's already like somebody out there who's doing it and you know, something that's similar, like why, like, you know, it it doesn't make you special and it doesn't make you unique. And I think a lot of times, um, young, young entrepreneurs, like they're almost like so afraid to go out and, and to do their own thing and kind of stand apart or be different. But you know, you guys, if you're, if you're wanting to do that, like that is what's going to make it because you have to be different. You don't want to be the same as everybody else. 100%. And you have to also be willing to like have those doors slam in your face and not give up. Like the ability to persevere and keep pushing through, like you have to be willing to like get up the next day, the next time. Cause it's like not every single day are you going to have a yes. Not every single day is going to be sunshine and roses. Oh yeah. I would say more times it's like, it's usually like a no or like things don't work out. And I mean, that's the thing too. Like I, I love, I love, love, love working for myself and and being an entrepreneur and, and having my own schedule. But Dude, how many hours, how many hours out of the, how many hours do you think you work like in a day or a week? Oh, like 12 days at least or 12 hours a day. Like (laughs) people are like, when do you stop? I'm like, man, I'll be on my phone at night, like answer emails. And I'm like, just disconnect. But it's hard because like you said, flexibility is great. And having the ability to be your own boss and like take the time off when you need, disconnect when you need. But then it's also, it's kind of like, all right, you can continue to be connected, especially now with social media and you can be continue to be connected to work. So it's finding that balance, but you're definitely gonna be putting a lot more hours than you think. Right. Yeah. I mean, people, people have to understand that. I just think it's funny. Like when people complain about, you know, or, you know, like having to work 40 hours a week and I'm just like, did you have no idea? Like, you don't yeah. know. I mean, that's the thing. And I feel very blessed because I can take these little pockets out of my day, um, to like turn it off and to go be with my kids or like to do, you know, things, but the work is still there and the work is always there. And it's very mm-hmm. demanding. It doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy or what business um, a venture that you're going down, like the work and the grind is there. And so there's, there's rewards for, for being an entrepreneur and there's, um, you know, rewards for being your own boss. But like at the end of the day, you have to be ready for the grunt work. And you have, just like Margo was saying, is like, you're going to get so many doors shut in your face. But I, I, I definitely think that the, the, at the end of the day, the reward, of reaching that success and being like, I did it when nobody else thought I could. 
and creating a brand and creating a lifestyle for yourself, like that is the best reward and the best feeling um, that I think that we can have as, as business entrepreneurs. Um, so tell me a little bit about like, so you have these hashtags. What are like the main hashtags? I know one of them's like, Stomp your grapes, or no? I was on that yeah. earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, your, earn your grapes and yeah. work hard, wind down. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. is there like is there like a story behind these? Or yeah, so a lot of people think, and I've done these events the past few years. People think that my wine's healthier, and I tell them I was like, my wine's not healthier. I'm Did just I actually, I actually thought I I remember that because I remember I got you know I got wine from like a like a fit chick. <laughs> this was like so like several <laughs> years ago, and I was like, oh, this wine has to be like sugar free or something. And then I was like, I think it's just like it's really good, just red wine. It's you know, let us think that it's healthier, Margo. Come yeah. On. Uh, yeah, people are like, oh man, if I drink your wine, will I get abs? I'm like, 100%, man. I'm like, just <laughs> think about that. Like, the more you drink, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, a lot of people think, again, within like the wine, like, and a lot of wine out there, especially red wine, has almost no sugar because a lot of that sugar turns into alcohol during the fermentation process. So, oh. white wine may have a little more sugar, but it's very minimal. But my whole message is that you work hard to wind down. So, you work hard in the gyms, career, school, family. At the uh-huh. end of the day, you enjoy a glass or bottle, depending on the type of day it is. But it's all about that balance. And the whole earn your grapes comes, kind of came out of like working hard or in the gym to earn your grapes. So find that balance. Cause a lot of people think, Oh, if I'm working out towards my fitness goals, I can't have wine or I can't have alcohol. I'm like, no, I'm not saying go crush your whole bottle, but I am saying like, put some effort in to reward it. So it's like walking, hiking, hitting the gym, hitting weights, whatever it is, do something physically exhausting or something physically ex like external output that you put out there. But then again, at the end of the day, like, all right, I can have my glass of wine or my whiskey or my beer, whatever it is. So I never drank white wine. This is like honest truth right now. And I still like, I don't drink white wine uh, because I thought it's it had really so much more sugar in it. <laughs> well, I, I thought that it had so much more sugar than red wine. So I would always like, anytime I'd go to the restaurants or whatever, I'd be like, I don't care what wine it is. Give me your driest wine because I thought that had less sugar. Is that, is that, uh, am I wrong? No. So red wine definitely, it, again, like red wine doesn't have much sugar. It might have like one, maybe two grams of sugar, but it's very minimal. Um, but white wine may have a little bit more, but nothing to the point where it's like more like, Hey, I just had so many grams of sugar. It's more about the calories. Cause it's like a glass of white might have about 110 calories. A glass of red might be anywhere from 120 to 150 calories, depending on like the wine the four ounce, the four ounce pour or six ounce pour. Um, but for the most part, it's relatively low in sugar. So when people say like, Hey, it's like, it's low sugar. I'm like, well, it are, that's kind of like saying something's gluten-free when it already is gluten-free, you know, right, it's like, yeah. not that it doesn't have any, but it's very minimal yeah. to the point where it's not going to make an impact. That drives me crazy when like these, uh, I won't say any brands or anything, but <laughs> when it says gluten-free on the back and it's like, but it was like already gluten-free. Yeah, like, why are you saying gluten-free? Anyways. You know, it's like a selling point. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode of Reborn is brought to you by Manscaped. If you've listened for a while, you know that I'm a huge fan of Manscaped and their new performance package 4.0 bundle, which is the world's first all-in-one men's grooming kit that makes trimming the hedges safe and easy. By now you know Manscaped offers the best trimmers and liquid products on the market designed specifically for men. 
I personally love how the Manscaped products smell, and that's why I'm so excited to hear they just launched a new signature cologne scent, which is the perfect complement to any Manscaped man. Introducing the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. Their body wash smelled so good, and it's extremely distinctive uh, on the scent of the body wash, so this cologne is just like the body wash. Um, Just like all the liquid products and deodorant and Manscaped collection, the new refined cologne is that subtle but masculine scent. The cologne is a light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy, masculine finish. It's not overpowering, but it keeps that all-day masculine scent around even after you've put away your Manscaped kit. The 50-milliliter spray cologne is hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and it's 100% vegan. This cologne makes for the perfect gift for your boyfriend, your husband, your dad, whatever. Right in time for the holidays, too. So be sure to get your man what he really wants this year. Go to manscaped.com and be sure to check out the new refined cologne as well as their new performance package 4.0 kit, which includes the lawnmower 4.0 electric body trimmer, the weed whacker, nose trimmer, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, and a ton of other products designed specifically for men. When you visit manscaped.com forward slash Ashley, you'll get a special 20% off coupon applied directly to your cart, plus free international shipping and two free gifts. For a limited time, you can get the Shed Luxury Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs with your purchase. Again, that's manscaped.com forward slash Ashley for 20% off plus free shipping plus two free gifts. Your balls and your body will thank you. So I kind of want to pivot here a little bit and um, I want you to kind of take me back to 2008 whenever you lost your sister in a car accident. And, uh, I know that you talk openly about that. Um, can you can you share that story with our listeners and um, how that changed you, your career, and your perspective on life? Yeah. So it was. Um, I went back for Christmas break, which was like end of two thousand seven, beginning two thousand eight. Um, we actually the last time I got to see my sister was snowboarding, like up in the mountains, which was an awesome experience. Um, I ended up flying home, and about. I want to say it was on the 21st was the last time January 21st was kind of the last time I had talked to her besides text. It was actually on the phone. Um, and then 10 days later, my mom had called me and I had actually on the 31st, I had, I, I remember looking back coming out of one of my communications classes, like, man, I need to call my sister. I need to talk to her. I haven't talked to her in like a while. I need to, I need to reach out. And I was getting ready for an interview and I was like, I'll call her after the interview. Um, and then as I was getting ready for the interview, I had my mom call me and she was like, crying. I couldn't hard to get words out. And she told me, um, she'd passed an accident. And it's that moment where it's like, it's surreal where it's like, no, this isn't like, it isn't real. Like there must be a mistake. There must be something wrong. Um, oh, but was it, your sister, was she younger? She was, yeah, she was 20. So I was 22 at the time she was 20. Mm. Um, and she, my mom had told me that these, I've tried to put the pieces together from like what she remembers and obviously like what, um, what the, the police had told her about terms of like finding her and fire trucks and all that, but she was headed towards 
Missoula, which is about 30 minutes north of where we lived. And she had just picked up a second job. Actually, it was at a restaurant wine bar. And she um, was headed there to work a job. She picked up a second job so she could make enough money so she could save to go to culinary school later in the year. And it was sometime in the afternoon. And they said the roads were just super crazy, super icy. She lost control uh, while driving. And a car just happened to be on the road and T-boned her. She died instantly. And it was something that obviously you never wish upon anyone in my sister had, had kind of shared with my mom at times through growing up and kind of times leading up to this, that she felt that she was going to be, she would pass away young, that she felt that she wow. was very intuitive, that she wasn't going to be, you know, she would die a younger age. But of course, none of us like anticipated that, that being that soon. Um, and so she passed away in an accident, just like, again, super unexpected. And when that happens, I think you go through all these emotions. Like you think back to like, what could I have done to save her? And I think for me, it was like, what could have I done physically to like, maybe change that path? Like if I called her, if I texted her, maybe she would have been a little delayed and she wouldn't have had that time to be at that same spot where the other car was. And it definitely, um, it changed my life. It changed the path that I was on. I, uh, not that I wasn't someone full of life and didn't live my my life and my experience the most, but she was someone that was literally take every moment, um, to live its to its fullest. Don't take things for granted. And after she passed, it was something that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to kind of continue her honor and her legacy and how she lived. And I'm going to take that approach into my life. So making the most of every single day, making the most of every opportunity, trying not to look at the negative and focus more on the positive. And that definitely shifted my career, my kind of my outlook and not only where I am career wise, but also attitude wise. What about, um, what about fitness? Had you started yet on your fitness journey? Because so I, you did the CrossFit I, games in 2000, I started, 2010 yeah, so or 2011. Yeah. I found CrossFit in 2011. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of after that point, after she passed, I kind of found a way I started running and running was kind of like my solace was ability to get outside and think about everything or think about nothing. And so she definitely kind of was my, I think more of a push to push myself into a different career, like different path with fitness and for me, it was solace and just being able to move and being able to get out. And when I found CrossFit, I, uh, I, I just, I loved it so much because the community aspect was huge, but also it's you versus you. So it's like, however much you get in your head, it's how you can push yourself and how you can challenge yourself. And I think there was times through my competitive career that like things were challenging or things that I couldn't physically do. And she was there to kind of support me in a way spiritually, or just be with me to like help me through, even though I was, didn't think I could do it. She was there. So I think it was definitely, she, um, she's been kind of a, a guiding spirit at times. I think not only in the fitness, but in life. So if she, if she was, what was your sister's name? Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten. She, yeah. Kirsten. Yeah. Kirsten. If, um, if she was here now, what do you think that she would say about like you getting into the, like doing everything <laughs> with wine? I mean, was it, was it kind of known when you guys were growing up like that you'd eventually get into wine or like, would she, no, like, what do you think I, that she would say if she was here? I think that she would just, I could see this like shit eating grin on her face and that she would just be so happy and she'd be like, man, look how far you've come. And I think it's because she like was so involved in the wine. She loved cooking. She loved pairing food and wine together. I'm like, not that it was destined to be, but I think it was maybe it was her way to kind of guide me to a place that I wouldn't be without her. And if she was here, I know she'd be like knees deep in this. She would be involved hundred percent because it's something that she loved. And I think it just gives me this like, like gets me emotional, but I think it's like her way to communicate that she's here yeah. with me in a different form where it's like, I, she can't physically be here, but in spirit, she's here kind of guiding me through this new direction of my life. Do you have a wine after her? Yes. Okay. So the, 
the, the, the one that has a purple tree is one of her last paintings, which she did before she passed. We wow. ended up using that as the label, um, kind of as a legacy to her. And we ended up changing her name pronunciation on the bottle. So it says Kirsten. And she actually, um, a friend of hers had shared on a Facebook page that uh, when she first met her at a party, she took a red solo cup and was like, hi, my name's Cheerson, like cheers the glass. And I was like, man, when I read that, I like bald, but I was like, all right, I need to incorporate that somehow into the story. And so that's who I ended that. Up that label and that name for the wine. Wow. I love that. Um, Thanks. <laughs> so what is a go, going kind of back to the wine now? And you said you have another, another one that's going to be entering in because you have three wines right now. Yes, you have a fourth. Have Can you... So I have these three, these actually the, um, these production, this will be the last production of these wines. So there's kind of being some changes. Um, there'll be kind of like a, a rebirth or a rebranding and that'll become later on. It will still have part of my sister, my sister kind of flow into it. It'll actually be a, a picture that she took for of herself in 2007. Um, and it's like this reverse looks like the galaxy sky in her back. Um, and it's this reverse kind of coloring where it's all black with a little bit of coloring around her body and, and her back. And it's kind of like a, a celestial aspect where it's like, no matter where you're at in life, that there is a rebirth, that the energy that you had before will be recreated to later. So I, I'll be able to share more as we get more kind of set up and going out. I'll definitely, I'll send you some once we have it all get it like together, but uh, it's definitely something to incorporate her, her life and her memory, but also how that can be hopefully inspiring to others out there that are going through certain difficult challenges in their life. Uh Um, with the passing of your sister, do you, do you feel like that if it wasn't, it wasn't for fitness? Cause were you into fitness before your sister passed away? I wasn't, I wasn't the fitness, but in a different realm, I was kind of like hitting the gym, doing a little bit of running. Um, I had always, I was involved in sports high school during high school, like volleyball and golf. And that was, that was enticing. But I think after that, it definitely, it threw me into a different a different part of my life where I was challenging myself a little bit more, whether, and I think maybe in the beginning it was kind of an escape of those feelings and emotions and trying to cope with them. But as I kind of dealt with a little bit longer and a little bit more time, and I realized I was like, all right, it's not necessarily escape. It's a way for me to deal with everything and a way for me to express emotions or get out emotions that maybe I'm holding and pent onto. Yeah, I love that. Um, with, with the strategies of like growing your business and it's called goat wine, correct? That is like the name of it. And then you have like the goat, like the goat wine with the goat on it, which is the one that I remember. Um, like what is your business strategy for growing the company? So right now we're about 90% DDC direct consumer. Um, we've been able to increase into distribution since 2018 to now. So our biggest growth would be adding a wine club membership and increase in distribution. Mm-hmm. So that's what will be coming later on this year with the new label and the new business and new, kind of new distribution. Um, for us, distribution would be huge because it allows us to get into those people's hands, whether it's restaurants or the wine shops. Um, being able to travel and do in-person events is great but I can't be everywhere at the same time. Right. So if I can travel to certain States, get the wine to those places, and but also increase more percentage to distribution will be huge. So the wine club and distribution will be two of the biggest areas for growth. How many uh, employees do you have? Uh, it's myself and my husband, Alex. That's it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought you were yeah. going to be like, Oh, we have a team of like 30 out there. It's just you no. guys. It's just us. So there's, um, we have a fulfillment center that we have to do licensing with because we're licensed in California and alcohol is very tricky where every state's a little different. You have to have the licenses for those states. So we have a fulfillment center um, that we're able to ship out there. But for the most part, it's just him and I being able to do what we need to do. So are your grapes in California? 
So we're sourcing the wine from Paso Robles, California. Okay. Um, eventually, I'd love to be able to, people ask about having a physical like tasting spot or a physical mm-hmm. farm. We don't have that now. I'd love to have a tasting spot, but I actually would love to do a fitness studio plus wine bar in Las Vegas. That would be um, so cool. So I'd love to have you come out and do some yeah. coffee and whiskey if you're ever in the area. I uh, love that. Yeah. So we're looking to that hopefully in this next year. We thought about doing also kind of like a bigger wine tour, like the one we just did was three weeks, but it'd be cool if we go somewhere for like a month. Um, and do a little bigger travels. I love to make it to Texas. Texas has been a huge market for us. Um, I love the area and it's been a while since I've been back. So the possibility of doing more events on the road is also um, a future plan. So is it true that um, the, you know, are, did, you, did your vines and the grapes, they suffer at all from like the fires? Because um, I had heard that from the grapevine, I was really <laughs> sure. That was good. Um, but I heard that the wines like coming out in the next years to come after all the fires, I know that, you know, there's parts of California that are still on fire that it would almost have like a smoky flavor. Um, can you talk about that? Like, is that really, is that like another like false thing that I've heard or like, is that true? (laughs) So, I mean, it's funny because we kind of talked about with some people in the industry. I was like, we're in Paso and we haven't been affected, like knock on wood for many of the fires. Napa and Sonoma, I'm interested to see what's going to happen because a lot of the lands were decimated by those fires. And obviously that goes into the soil. So it could possibly, maybe not in the next year or two, but as those vines regrow or as they replant, it could affect them in the future. Um, And it's, it's tough to really know like how that's going to affect it and what sense, like, you know, how much of those ashes were put into the ground and what they decide to do with it afterwards. So it could be, I don't know. I think it's more, uh, maybe a uh, hope or fallacy. Cause I would be able to pull back to like, Hey, the, the fires of these years are now in these wines. Yeah. But we'll see. I, yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, as long as it's, I don't know what, what smoky wine tastes like. I have had some like smoky whiskey and I kind of yeah. like it. So, um, I mean, it could be a thing, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I could see wines be maybe like have like more like just a little more higher in tannins um, or have that kind of like people talk about like the tobacco. So it's really rich or creamy or chocolatey. So I think it depends on the grapes and again, how, how much water they're getting the area, also the soil too, depending on the climate. Um, okay. A couple more questions uh, out of the three wines that you have, which one is your favorite per taste? So I would say it's tough because Goat and Cheerson are probably the two top, but I would say Cheerson's a little more my favorite. Obviously it pulls me in, but it's more of a medium body wine. So if I want to just drink it by itself, it is an easy go-to where goat you can still drink by itself, but a lot of people like to pair it with like a steak or some barbecue just because it has a little more kind of emphasis and punch behind it. Uh-huh. I like that. Okay. All right. Um, and then are you pretty big on like pairing your wines? Do you get ever to, do you get tired of like, do you ever get tired of your wines? Do it like if I were to go to your house, do you have any, uh, I definitely have a couple of extra cases Madavi? here. Do you have like Madavi in your, uh, wine cell? Do you have a wine cellar at your house? No, I don't. I don't have the place I'm at. It doesn't have a wine cellar, but that's something I definitely want a wine cellar or a nice big wine fridge. We have a little mini one, yeah. um, but I definitely want like those full length, like fridge size ones. Cause that for me, it's like, I would love to keep the wine in there, but I feel like I would probably drink enough of it throughout like the time that it maybe doesn't stay in there so long, but uh-huh, uh-huh. we'll see. <laughs> Uh, is red wine supposed to be refrigerated? Yes. Yeah, so actually most wines should be stored at cool temperatures. Make sure wa- uh, any wine is not in the direct sun. We've had some people say like, oh, I left it in my car overnight. And it's like, don't do that. Even, even uh, if it's, even if it's not open. 
even if it's not, like if it's cold outside and it's like super cold, that's fine. Like if it's super freezing, then definitely don't leave it in the car either. Cause it could pop the cork, very rare conditions, but it could pop it, but heat will detarnish the wine. So you can store, you don't have to keep it in a fridge, but red wine and white wine, if you can keep it in a wine fridge, that's most ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking it out again, five, 10 minutes before you decide to open it. Cause a lot of restaurants will keep wine in the cellar depending on the wine and you know, how old it is or how special it is. They'll keep it in the cellar or fridge. Um, and you can drink cold wine, but it kind of mutes the flavors a little bit. So having the wine open up, whether it's oxygen or bring it to room temperature, will kind of increase those flavors and aromas a little bit more. But I recommend if you can refrigerator or put in a wine cellar fridge, that will work. And then um, two more questions. Um, once you pop the cork on a bottle of wine, how long is it good for? Depending on how you store it, it could be up to two, maybe three. On my days. counter, but I'm going to yeah. start putting it in. <laughs> on your counter, maybe a day to two days. Yeah, dude, I swear I'm not going crazy because I'm like, you know, I'm like, I think this wine tastes different. I'm like really weird about like things. Like no, 100%. Oh, okay, like if so. you think today's what, like Tuesday, say you open it today and like you have something you save for tomorrow, pretty good. But when you go to two days, like eh, three days, that's definitely, that's kind of pushing it. If it's a white wine and you keep it in the fridge, it might be able to last three to four days, depending on um, if it's a screw cap or cork, it's about the mm. same, but screw cap actually keeps out oxygen better than cork. Um, but there's that big kind of connotation with like screw caps cheaper. It's not like the wine cheaper, but it's not screw cap actually does a better job of it, but cork's mm. more traditional. But again, I would say two, maybe three days on your, on your countertop. So if Tops. I open up, a, since, since I'm by myself now and, uh, all the kids at my house are underage. So if I open up a bottle of wine, I just need to drink it all tonight. That's basically yeah. what you're saying, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can have two glasses tonight, two glasses tomorrow. You'll be good. There we go. Um, my <laughs> last question for you today, um, Margo, and that is, uh, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? The legacy that I would want to leave behind is that if you have a goal, whatever it might be, hold yourself accountable to the goal and, but go for it, like surround yourself, put yourself in an environment that will allow you to get there. Know that it's going to be hard, but be able to see where, how far you've come from, like reflecting back, see how far you've come, but also know that you might have a lot ahead, but take it day to day, one day at a time and not get discouraged by the overall goal. And I think a lot of people sometimes can, but the legacy would just be able to you know, focus on what you were looking to achieve and go towards that. I love that. Uh, what would you, what would you say is, uh, like, where do you want to be like next year? Ooh. So one path that I'm looking for, I'd love to still be in Vegas, but have the wine shop and be able to bring more people together to showcase the fitness and the wine, um, being able to share that, that share, not only my journey, but also, um, the process that I've been on the past, but also where I want to go to hopefully inspire others that they can go after their, their ambitions as well. So that's kind of a one year ish goal of mine. That's awesome. I love Vegas. I will. I love, um, I love like the red rocks of Vegas. Anytime I go to Vegas, yes. I have to like get out of Vegas and go We're like red rocks. five minutes from there. Oh, you are. Oh, it's so yeah. beautiful. It is so beautiful out there. I could just, it's, it's so crazy. Cause like you're, you know, just a few miles away from like the heart of like Las Vegas, which is, you know, <laughs> what everybody thinks of when they think about Las Vegas. And then you have the red rocks that are just, it's just so beautiful. It's really it beautiful. Is. Well, um, yeah. whenever I come out there, I, I, you know, thing the traveling and stuff is like all kind of been different this last year, but I'm usually in Vegas, like once or twice a year at expos or doing something. So I'll That's definitely awesome. like hit you up and, uh, yes, let me know. I'd love to okay. see you and go like do some hiking, climbing, whatever it is. Uh, where can people follow you out on social media website? You said that people can buy the wine on, um, yeah, can you kind of give us wine. all that? 
yeah, go plug it, plug it, girl, plug it. <laughs> the website is thegoatwine.com and they can follow me on 321GoGUX or The Goat Wine on Instagram as well. And then whenever, like if I were to order some wine like today, like how fast do I get it? Um, so depends on where you're at. So you're in the East Coast, probably five to six days on the East okay. Coast. Okay, cool. um, if you're in California or kind of middle of the country, anywhere from like two days to three days, maybe four days to to uh, Texas. Awesome. But, yeah. Love it. Okay, You're girl, we'll keep doing, keep doing great things. Yeah. I'm definitely going to support. And, um, dude, also like the, that bottle of wine, you guys, if you haven't seen her wine, you like, you got to check it out because even if you don't really like wine, you're going to love the bottle and just get the bottle of wine because of like the, the label for the goat. Like I just had it like sitting on my, uh, rack that I have with like all kinds of alcohol, not all kinds of alcohol. It sound <laughs> kind of, just like, you know, Different special like moments of a whole wall of alcohol that I have. Uh, <laughs> no judgment. Just, it is a. Uh, it is such. It's so cool, and I absolutely love what you're doing. And um, you know, you do have you have such a light about you, and just such a a good vibe about you. And anybody who comes around you, I know that they they get that same sense and that that same feeling. So just keep on crushing it, girl. I love what you're doing. It was definitely an honor and a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more and to see you out there like dancing with Flo Rida. Um, <laughs> that was so no, much was fun. Like, yeah, it was so much fun. Did you go up on stage? I didn't. Did you? I did. Oh my gosh. Oh, I that was awesome. I wasn't even drinking at a uh, summer smash because my flight the next day was at 4 a.m. Oh, it departed at like 4 a.m. Yeah. So I was like, dude, I cannot miss my flight because it was Father's Day and I had to get home. And like, I just, anyway, so uh, I still did. I still got up there and I dropped it like it's hot up there. It was was awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely glad our our paths cross. Me too, girl. And uh, we'll just stay connected. I'm going to definitely get some of your wine. Hopefully I'll see you out in Vegas. Yes. We'll definitely see you. Thanks, Margo. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's Reborn Podcast with Margot. I hope that you are inspired. Make sure you go and support her by purchasing some of her wine. And uh, I've had it. Uh, uh, it's really, really good wine. I, I absolutely love uh, the goat wine. And the label is awesome. You have to go check it out on her website if you're not familiar with this wine to see what I'm talking about. But really good wine. An amazing, inspiring story. Uh, and man, what a hustler and a go-getter. So thank you so much. If you're not subscribed to the uh, Reborn Podcast, make sure you subscribe uh, to the Reborn Podcast from Ironclad, and I will see you guys next week. Peace.